Greetings, dear viewers. Today, on our live conversation on Alatra TV Ireland, we are welcoming a very special guest who joined us all the way from the Netherlands. But before we introduce him, I would like to remind those who are maybe watching us for the first time that the topic of such conversations is creative society, the society where a human life is the highest value, where each and every person feels safe, lives a fulfilled life, and has opportunities to constantly develop himself or herself as a person and as a professional. Last Friday, we had a really inspiring broadcast with Gaia Ferreira, where Gaia recommended us the guest for the next live show. Let's watch a short video of how it was. Gaia, who would you like to nominate for a future live interview? And mind you, I've already been interviewed here, so you can't nominate me. <laughs> I'd like to uh, interview my good friend, David Allison, who is, um, he's also a coach. And when you, when you meet him, you'll see he's just, he's so full of love and wanting to spread more love. He's got this amazing project to help the homeless in Scotland get off the streets and get coaching support and help. And he's just, he, he's, he's just such a soft soul. He's like, you know, he's like that puppy like that, you know, I don't know, wherever you are in the world, maybe you don't know this commercial. When I was a kid, there was this commercial at Christmas time uh, where these Cocker Spaniels came and got your, your slippers and they brought you the slippers uh, you know, while you sat by the Christmas tree next to the fire. David is like that. He's like that Cocker Spaniel who just, he's so filled with love. He wants to love you and show you that you're lovable and loved and just make it even bigger and stronger and make it, make it the whole world mission to, to live in this beautiful, beautiful energy. So today we have with us Gaia Ferreira. Hi, dear Gaia, how are you? Hi, everybody. I'm doing great. We're having a beautiful sunny day here in Ireland. It is a very special day. In fact, as I was driving into my office today, there was this beautiful rainbow. So we know great things are about to happen. Amazing. And guess who else we have here with us? David have, this way. No, this way. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second here. Reverse screen. We have David, the amazing David Allison. Good morning, everybody from Scotland. Nice Good to be morning. here. I don't have sunshine today, but we just have normal Scottish weather. Mist on the hills, but it's beautiful. Super. So, uh, Gaia, would you please introduce... Uh, would you please tell us what connects you with David? How did you meet each other? Yes, absolutely. So David and I have known each other for, I think it's probably about three or four years, right, David? Yes, I think it's three and a half years, I think, yeah. Yeah, and so we met at a training for coaches, and it was one of those things. You know when you go out and you meet someone and you have a conversation and it's like you've known them all your life. It was like that. So David, I think David and I, I think we're basically inseparable for a few days. We, uh, you know, we did our coach training thing during the day, and then in the evenings we were like spend hours just reflecting and and planning the future and what what else could we do in life and in the world to to bring more love, more awareness, more kindness, 
better mindsets, stronger mindsets, and just be the, you know, the voice of, of good, wholesome living. So David and I have been friends ever since. We are, um, I dare to say, uh, advisors to each other as well. If we bounce ideas, creative ideas, business ideas uh, off each other. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful synergetic relationship. Wow, so good. What do you think, Thanks. David? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a great saying you see in social media, your vibe attracts your tribe. And uh, I remember when we were in New Jersey doing the training and a guy just walked across the room and I thought, oh, I like that energy. And, and we looked each other, it's funny, we looked each other up at the break and I'm talking to the middle of the night, the first night. And <laughs> ever since then, we just put the world to rights and sometimes we put each other to rights. Yeah. Um, which is great, it's what you want. And, and it's great when, when one of your best friends is a coach because you never have to pay for it. Uh, that's really funny. I keep, I've been telling my clients who are all like, oh, it must be so great to have you as a, as a partner. You have this all figured out. And I'm like, no, the last thing you want is the data code. Uh, yeah, yeah. They always know what to tell you. You can't yeah, escape. You. you can't escape. But it is great to have friends as coaches because you can't escape. So they call you to a, a much higher level of yourself. And they don't let you hide in the, in the trenches of life, right? They, they, they know you and they know you fundamentally and they know you from the heart. And so they are really good at calling you out on your own little blind spots and saying, come on, that's just not good enough. Let's go, come on, raise it up, raise it up. You can do better. <laughs> yeah, there is, um, there's, no, there's no escaping. We know no, when to exactly. call each other out and when to hold each other up and whatever. So it's, uh, it's, the, best, it's the best type of relationship to be in because you just get to be the authentic you. And if you're not the authentic you, you get called out. So um, it's a great place to be. David, could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, what inspires you in life, what motivates you? What motivates me? I, yeah, good question. Because I, I've only been in this coaching space for about four years. And before that, I, I spent, I'm 59 years old. I'm a granddad. It was my granddaughter's birthday yesterday. She's five years old. Um, and I spent 35 years in the corporate world chasing this dream that I thought I wanted. And my whole life, I just pushed and pushed and pushed. And it wasn't until the end, towards the end of last year that I stopped pushing. And what do I mean by pushing? I mean, yeah, I have to keep proving myself. So I spent my whole life proving myself in my corporate career because my first manager said, you'll never make anything of your life. And I thought, well, that doesn't feel right. And I, I proved him wrong within two years, but I went on proving him for another 30 years. Then I got my dream job in corporate life. And I, was, I lived in Amsterdam at the time and I got this job in Belgium. Um, my dream job, went into my dream job and within six months I thought, what am I doing here? The money's great, the office is great, traveling the world is great, but I wasn't fulfilled. And I thought, well, there's got to be more to life than this. And then I sat down one Friday night with a big glass of wine and watched this documentary by a guy called Tony Robbins, and that kind of transformed my life. And it, so here I am four years later, I gave up a corporate career 
I became a coach. I've done over 4,000 coaching sessions. Uh, I've studied hypnotherapy, NLP, spiritual energies, and I bring all of these things into my work and I help people transform their lives. And towards the end of last year, I knew four years ago, there was a bigger vision for me. And that bigger vision I knew would bring me back to Scotland. And when I came back from Scotland in October, um, my daughter came to stay with me in the lockdown from London. And we were at a walk one day and I fell and I broke my ribs. I was just out walking by the river. I, I walk up mountains along little narrow ledges and I, and I never fall down. But I fell down in my village and I broke three ribs. And that was the, the time for me when I just went, okay, there's a message here, David. And the message was, stop pushing, surrender. And as soon as I stopped surrendering, I got so much clarity. I got a vision of why I was back here. And that was to, to help the homeless people of Scotland. And, it, and, and as the days went on and I meditated more, it just became clearer and clearer and clearer. So now it's like um, I, I had a, a contract working for a big American company. I stopped that and I work on my own. So half my time I work in my coaching and therapy and the other half I'm now developing this this uh, concept for, for homeless people in Scotland. And it was beautiful because one of my best friends, I'm a, I'm a, I ride a motorbike, and one of my best friends, Chris is a biker, his wife works for Edinburgh City Council. And she, I put a post out on Facebook about three weeks ago telling the whole world that I'm going to do this homeless project. And the beautiful thing was the next day, she sent me a message, she said, David, it's amazing. I love what you're going to do. Do you know that I work for Edinburgh City Council? I went, yes. He said, do you know that I'm responsible for allocating funding to charities that want to help homeless people? And I was like, okay, if that's not a sign, what is? So, so I now have all this information that it would have taken me months and months to get. And I know how to put the plan together to deliver my project. So super exciting. David, one of the things that is so great about the project that you're doing is that you are going to be helping the homeless, right? And I love, and, and you know this, because I, I share this with you all the time, but for the audience, uh, I love how you make the time and the space to get that inner clarity about your next steps. And I know as a coach, and you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll agree with me here that you know, for a lot of people, even getting that space is a challenge and even if they can get the time and the space creating that space internally like knowing how to reflect and how to receive that how to receive the messages of clarity about our next step is such a challenge because most of the world today lives in fear in uncertainty it, you know we don't we don't live in survival the way our grandparents would have but there's a different kind of survivalism happening in society today because you know, a great part because of the impact social media has on our state of mind moment to moment, because we have these phones that are constantly ringing every second of the day with seemingly urgent, important uh, text message from someone, right? And this, the, 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 the rat wheel that, we, that we're all on sometimes, like it's a very difficult thing to stop and to create that, that internal ability to receive these, these messages of 
where I should go to next, where, what can I, what else can I do? What am I supposed to be doing? What is my divine mission in this life? How am I to be creative in order to expand versus be another agent of retraction, right? Or contraction. So if you were to give us like, say your top three tips on how to live in a, in a more creative space, to, to create that internal space to create to, to hear or receive the messages of creative expansion and good in the world. What would you say is the best thing for people to take on right now? Okay, number one, um, and I hope there's nobody from the BBC listening. Don't watch TV. <laughs> now there's a there's a great thing, and I heard it early on when I was in this learning to develop myself personally is every day guard the door of your mind and if you think about it is you have your phone you have your tv you have your tablet there's a non-stop information and particularly when a lot of us are confined to our homes because of lockdown it's like all we see is this information and information and information and none of us knows what's right what's wrong what's true so i don't watch tv occasionally i'll watch a movie on Amazon or Gaia TV or whatever. So that's number one. It's like restrict the amount of time that you spend on your social media and your TV because what happens is you just fill your mind and whatever comes in your mind is into your subconscious. And 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 as Gaia said, it's like we're 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 programmed to survive. And we're not surviving and eating tigers or dinosaurs anymore. We're surviving what other people think about us. Um, and, and what people say is like, uh, oh, I can't do that because somebody might not like it. And that happens because we've just fed things from media. So number one, disconnect from media. Secondly, find, find a way. And for some people meditate, they can't sit and meditate. They go, oh, the noise in my head, the noise in my head. Some people believe meditation is just pure silence in your head. I don't know anybody, well, I know one or two people that, that maybe can get to that blissful state. Even when I'm meditating, and I've meditated every day for three and a half years, I've not missed a day, morning and night. And there's still thoughts that run around my head. But what I've learned to do, is I just picture them as sticks falling into a river and they go away. I watch them float down the river. Well, for me, meditation is important. I love listening to music. Music is one of my passions. Um, and I just connect to, when I don't listen to Iron Maiden, um, not when I want to find peace. Um, but I listen to something that just calms me down, calms my spirit. And, and I've just learned to breathe. And whenever there's noise in my head, and maybe for those of you wanting to learn to meditate, Every time you, these thoughts come up, you can picture them floating away or you just come back and concentrate on your breathing. So that's the second thing. It's just unplug. And the third thing is I live in a, a beautiful countryside here in, in the south of Scotland. So it's very easy for me. I just walk. I live on a farm. I walk out. I go down my hill and I go through the village and then I'm surrounded by rivers and hills and things. So. When I go out, I just connect with nature. I don't listen to anything. And I just listen to what's going on. Sometimes I watch deer running past or rabbits running. And sometimes I see nobody. 
but just to listen to the silence, silence of nature, the birds singing, the river running. And when you can connect to that, it takes you to another place. So not to restrict your TV, if if at all, don't just maybe half an hour a day. Um, meditate, journal, and get out in nature. And if you live in a city, find a park. I'm sure there's parks. There'll be a park near where you live and just connect with nature. So they're my three tips. They're great. Thank you so much. And I so much agree. And nowadays we can see that people are dominated by fear a lot, fear to change something, fear to lose their job or to lose money or anything. And in your opinion, what values should people be guided by in a creative society? What, are, what should be our main values? Well, the thing is, we're, we're all born equal. And, um, and I mean, I remember hearing it say the same when I was a young guy. Um, some, some are more equal than others. Um, I don't actually believe that. I believe everybody has a fundamental right to life. I mean, I, my, my philosophy is it's to grow, to give, live and to love. And if you can do all of those four things, everybody should have the right to do these things. But so often, many of us are con we're controlled by what we say to us. Oh, I can't do this because somebody might not like it. And, and it's about freedom. We're all individuals. We're all, we all should have the freedom to, to live the life that we want. So if you want to watch television 24 hours a day, watch television 24 hours a day. If you want to not watch TV or you want to do whatever it is, you should have the freedom to do that. We should also have the freedom of speech. I mean, there's lots, well, I love, there's lots of bad energy going around this morning about vaccines or no vaccines. Or, and, and everybody has the right to believe what they want. And... And a lot of what I see, I don't agree with, but I don't get vocal about it on social media because I'm not, I don't want to judge anybody for their beliefs because that's their belief. So for me, it's about everybody having access to the same quality of life. And, and here in the Western world, we take our life so much for granted. I mean, I, I've been to some poor parts of the world I've been to the slums of Rio, for example. And I've even been to the poor parts of in the UK and in Europe. And it's, for me, the sad thing is that in the world that we live in, there's, 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 one element, there's one extreme here and one extreme here. And then there's a lot of noise and mess in the middle. And Matt, that the home and the homeless thing is very important for me because I I believe everybody has a fundamental right to have a roof over their head, whether they can afford it or not. And and what I want to do in my project is to help people get their head and their heart right. So because some people they are homeless because their belief says I don't deserve this or I'm not good enough. And and somebody else deserves it better than me. And, and for me, that's just simply not true. Everybody has the opportunity to have basic, basic things in life, a roof over their head, water and food to eat. Um, and when it, 
it, I mean, it breaks my heart to see. I mean, I, the, the trigger for this was when I was in Glasgow last year and I was going to a concert in the Royal Concert Hall in Glasgow, a really grand such place. It millions to me. And I ended up going to a cash machine to pay for my fish and chips. And there was this homeless person sitting beside the cash machine. And I didn't see what was going on. She was covered up. She lifted her head. She was, she must have been 80 years old. And I thought, how can somebody 80 years old be homeless? This is somebody's mother, somebody's grandmother. And I didn't know her then, but that was, uh, that's sunk deep in my subconscious. And that's what's, what came to me. I got that clear clarity of the vision exactly one year later when I was meditating. Um, and that's why I do it, because I have that picture of that old lady in my head and in my heart. And I thought, if I can stop that, that's what life's about. It's like nobody should be living on the streets because they've got no somewhere to sleep or they've got no money or they've got no food. It just shouldn't happen in, in the society that we live in. And sadly, it does. David, I love, 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 love this project. It's, it's so necessary. It's so from the heart. And what I love about it the most, the biggest part about it that I think is so fabulous that I think is worth re-mentioning it in case, it, you know, someone didn't quite pick it up is that the goal here is not just to hide the symptom, right? It's not just to give homeless people somewhere to go. It's to help homeless people help themselves, right? So it's giving them somewhere to go, but then providing them with that, with whatever they need to get that head, heart, gut alignment that helps them to create the space and, and, and create something for themselves. And maybe, you know, I, I think you and I have both met, um, I can't remember this person's name, but there's a very famous person who got help from a coach and he was homeless. And within a year, he had like this amazing life because he, he was, he, he put all of the mindset happiness work um, to, 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 in, in action. And so I, I love that you're not just covering the symptom, but you're really addressing the root cause. What, what, what is it that broke down within these people that they ended up in this situation to begin with? And let's, let's address the root cause. Um, now, you know, when, when we're looking at life and you talked about the survivalism that we are in right now, that it's not surviving the saber-toothed tiger, but surviving other people's impressions of ourselves or the judgments that are out there that are so easy to come by, right? Um, I have two questions for you. So I'm going <laughs> to, first one is when you're offering this help, right, to, to people, you're, you, your specialty is coaching therapy and counseling. Can you just quickly give us a rundown of what is the difference between having a coach, getting therapy or being counseled? Okay, um, good question, Carol. Uh, thank you. Um, so coaching, and, and I see, and there's a, there's a great belief that coaching, coaches tell you what to do. Coaches don't tell you what to do. Coaches help you pull out what's inside you. So the, I mean, we've both done thousands and thousands of coaching. And the gift in being a coach is watching somebody transform. And because like, everything that you need is, is 
I mean, my belief is everything that you need to have a beautiful life is within you. What stops you is your beliefs and your mind and your mindset. So coaching for me is, is to help people. It's, it's like I'm, I'm the guy with the keys. So I come along and I open the key to your mind, to your heart, to your body, your spirit, whatever. And the magic comes out. Counseling is where sometimes people are just really stuck and and this is they need somebody to bounce it off and and typically counselors are people that and I've not done a psychology degree, but I can understand the workings of the mind, the body, and the spirit because of the experience that I've done. And and I was a bit of an amateur psychologist when I was in corporate when I was a director. Typically, counselors are people that have been to university and they've got psychology PhDs or whatever. So they, they, they get into things in the theory of, it's very, and for me, I remember when, my, when I got divorced the second time, I went to a counselor, and he may even be watching it today. Um, but what he did was help, help, un, help me unpack what life was all about, because I didn't understand mind, body, and spirit back then. So he took me through the theory of it, and I'm quite a theory kind of guy. I like the theory. And then therapy is where you spend a lot of time going back and looking at what actually went wrong. What happened? What, what was, what's the story? And, and I do hypnotherapy, so sometimes I help people go back and, and rewrite the story. I can do that in coaching sometimes, but sometimes the story, because the thing is, there's three things in life. There's, there's your emotional state that you show up in every day. And when you get up in the morning, you, you have a choice to decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to be grumpy and miserable today. And you will be grumpy and miserable all day. Or you can decide, I'm going to have a beautiful day. And you do something that helps you have a beautiful day. Then the second thing is the story you tell yourself, and I come back to the story. So this is just a noise in your head. What are you saying to yourself? Oh, I'm never going to get this job. I'm going. I'm always going to be fat. It's just, and you're just thoughts. Thoughts become emotions, become actions, become beliefs. So if you keep telling yourself negative thoughts and stories about all these things, guess what's going to happen? Is you're just going to keep going around that loop. So what I do when I work with people either in coaching or sometimes I have to go into therapy with them, is to break that pattern and we create new beliefs. So they're the three things. And the other thing that you didn't mention, my doorbell's ringing. This is... <laughs> um, I've got a problem in my house. So um, the door's open, so they have to come in. So the other thing is, is to work with people's energy. Um, and I... And, Gary, you and I know this because we work with people's energy. When I can feel somebody's energy, it's, it's a block. So what I do is help them take that block out of the way. And sometimes we do that through, we do it through coaching or hypnotherapy. And sometimes we just disconnect to them through meditation. And we go on and when we go on a bit of a visualization and, and I help them to take the pain in the body or the block. And then we we remove it from the body energetically. And I've seen amazing transformations with that as well. So but there are four things really. There's counseling, coaching, 
therapy and there's energetic work as well. Awesome. Thank you. And I had a second question, right? So you said, and it's great that you said this because it like completely perfectly lays up the question, but you said that we all have everything we need to succeed already within us, right? And I'm a big proponent of that belief as well. And if we, if we dial it back a little bit, what we intrinsically know is what gets blocked. And yet it's where all of our creativity resides, right? Um, I know you and I work on, with similar clients and I'm sure you, you can relate to this. And that is that you, there's, there's uh, like I work with entrepreneurs and there's a level of entrepreneurs that are stuck. And they're stuck in that fear. They're stuck in like, what do I do next? And, you know, it's his fault and it's the process fault and it's everybody else's fault except for the leader. And I talked about this on Friday uh, with Bavin. But, and then as you go up the scale, there's, you know, it diverts. So the, these entrepreneurs, they get the, the option to either stay in that fear and keep growing from fear. And then there's the others which I tend to be the, the entrepreneurs that I work with, they grow and they grow in a different direction and they grow with a more conscious awareness of that inner knowing that's always been with them, right? And so they're taking those decisions from a very different space. It's not just uh, analysis of spreadsheets, but it's also connected to that vision, that mission, that purpose. And what then um, David and, and I do is we kind of clean it up a little bit with them, right? So we get that, that the, the, um, the blind spots cleared up a little bit so that that vision, that purpose is even straighter, like even clearer, even stronger. And so going back to what you said, right? And it's very important because if we are creating a creative society of equal, equal quality of life for everyone, equal opportunity, we need to be working from that place of vision, that place of contribution, that place of clarity, where it's not driven by fear and it's not driven by greed and it's not driven by competition or, you know, wanting to get back at, a, you know, someone else or wanting to outdo somebody else. But really, you know, there's this wonderful, um, there's this wonderful uh, expression here in Ireland that encapsulates so much of what goes on and it's called the tall poppy syndrome. And it, what it's talking about is, so poppies are those little red flowers we get in May and the, you'll see them along the roads and they're all different sizes, right? So there's two ways to be the tallest poppy in the garden. One is to grow to be the tallest poppy. And the other one is to chop down all the poppies that are taller than you, than you, right? So we wanna be growing as the tallest poppy because it is our mission, our drive, our purpose, our fulfillment and transform ourselves to get clearer and clearer towards the entire time, just to borrow some of David's fabulous uh, terminology and vocabulary there. But okay, so you are saying that everything we know is already within us. And there's this wonderful expression um, that, that is like everything I ever needed to know, I learned on my first day of school, <laughs> <laughs> right? You learn how to play, how to share, how to defend, you know, how to keep the Legos to yourself if that's what you need to do. You know which kids to hang out with and which kids to avoid. Like everything we ever needed to know in life, we learn in that first day of school. And then somewhere along the way, we lose our path. We lose that, that confidence with ourselves, right? And so 
what you know when we're talking about creating a society that is fair and equal and you know offers an entire human race kindness and love what do you feel is that that thing we must watch out for in our lives that thing that takes us away from all the all the knowing that is within us already yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is TV. Um, the, th the thing is, like, my, my granddaughter is five. She's just started school. And, and I know that in the first seven years of our life are super important. I didn't know that until about three years ago when I think, uh, and, and started to understand our beliefs in our mind. But, so for me, it, it, it's, it's as they grow along, it's as you go along life, they're you're going to be influenced by. You're going to be influenced by the people around you. I remember, if, like she started school in September, and and within about two weeks she was quite a popular girl in the class. And, and the beautiful thing I loved was there's there's a little boy in her class who, who was learning disabilities, and she reached out, and helped him put his jacket on one day, and, and I thought. And the, the teachers were gobsmacked. They said, I can't believe a five-year-old girl has this level of emotional intelligence. And I just thought, and I just mean my ego got a little bit inflated, I'll be honest. I thought, wow, something's working from granddad. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, so if you look at traditional education, and I'm not knocking education because it's a belief system, right? But what I think we need to be doing in, in, in this in this creative society that we create is it's like give people the opportunity to tap it's like and a nice and i see these great pictures on social media of like one million people in china one million children meditating and things like that that's what we need to do because the more people and even when you're a child the more you're connected to yourself and the more you can build that that mental emotional spiritual muscle that yeah, it doesn't really matter what somebody else thinks to me because that's their thoughts. It's what I believe about myself. It's what I want to contribute to the world. I mean, until I was, until about two years ago, I never thought about contributing anything to the world. Yes, I would give money to to the homeless people on the street. Whatever was in my pocket went in went in somebody's cup, and I always like things to but people do these things superficially it's like yeah oh i i will i will i will stay in my multi-million dollar house and i'll give a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars and that will make you feel great but in the grand scheme of things that's not a real contribution because it's just like like putting loose change in the paper cup and so for me it, it's about giving people and I, I remember a year ago this weekend i stood on stage in glasgow and i was talking to people about what are the possibilities for your life? And I work with a lot of people that are perfectionists. And, and as a recovering perfectionist myself, it's like when you, because what is perfectionism? It's, it's a limit that you put on. It says, if I get to this level, then people will like me. People will judge me. People, and, and I will feel I have self-worth. But what that does is, it takes away the opportunity because what happens if you get there? Where do you go then? Because you need to keep growing as a human being. We're, we're living creatures. 
if we don't have food and water, we die. And for me, it's the same with our body, our mind, and our spirit. If we don't feed our body, mind, and spirit, we're dying. And I was dying for 55 years because I was just going along with all the beliefs that I'd inherited. So, so for me, as, as I as, as like what, what I would love for my granddaughter to grow up into is a world where you have the opportunity to do and learn and be whoever you want to be, not what society tells you. And and that and that's the biggest thing. It's like so if we could teach children meditation in schools or or prayer meditation, it's all the same thing. It's, it's connecting to a source. So if we can do that, and 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 I love the and I love the thing that John Lennon said. Imagine all the people like one day we can all live as one. That's my dream. And whether I whether I get to see it or not is 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 another thing. But that's and God bless John Lennon. But and that's why I love music because music touches my soul. It's like I just hear a message in a music and I go. My heart just goes, and I thought that message has to be shared to the world. And and that was John Lennon wrote many great songs, but that that's the one. Imagine a world when we all can live in one. And that and that's what we should be working towards. Yeah. So I get so quite then, passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, so right. You have to have a common goal where to strive toward, and we have to change the situation from the root. We have to change our mindset, individual and collective one as well, and to change the whole system. And the same, I believe, with TV. Like, for example, Ladra TV was launched by ordinary people who were just fed up with all this negativity coming from the media. And uh, our TV really belongs to people, and people do everything in their spare time just to see and to show other people good examples to inspire people, to unite people in one common goal and very noble and beautiful goal. So I think everything already changing and uh, I'm going to ask our technical support to show us a short video of how the Creative Society project started and then we will discuss what results we got. for everybody to care about other people and not about themselves only. Uh, people should respect each other, and, uh, not depend on the color, the gender. Uh, we must avoid all this uh, uh, confrontation. You know? The fact that we're all humans is what unites us. So, But I think you start to think of yourself more as a person from the planet. The task of the media is to help society find a common language and communicate. I think friendship and being nice to each other can unite everyone. 
want to live in a society that where the people are very conscious, so they make Just conscious decisions. Work for the sake of uh, society, for the sake of love, for the sake of connection. I see that all people want two things: love and this kind of compassionate society, a society that understands that your needs are you know, validated. Uh, what unites us is being in relationship with each other. It's about humanizing the human society. Everybody has to be informed in a, in a proper way. Let's support each other. Let's help each other, no matter what another person may have. In a creative society, human life will be of highest value, and the best human qualities will prevail. So powerful, Alina. So powerful. It is, and it's just a small part of the work uh, people are doing worldwide. And yeah, this is... Yeah. And what's really great there is that I think those interviewees captured some really amazing points, right? It's about honoring human life. It's about friendship. It's about working together. It's about, uh, you know, doing what's best for the other person, not for ourselves. And I think that's the trap we get into so easily is that we look at protecting ourselves first before the other person. Because like, like David said, right, we're in this survival trap, like we need to survive as an individual first. And since we're not fighting saber-toothed tigers, that survival looks very different. And so what we're trying to ultimately do is survive from that ego space, from that, that my, my own personal physical body space. And that looks like, do I am I earning enough to make, you know, to make ends meet? Am I in a nice enough house? Am I popular enough? Right? It's, this is what people use as, as fundamental measures for, for decision-making, not realizing that by focusing on the protection of self, it, it is almost impossible to do the greater good work. And I think it's, it's fascinating how when we look at the eight, um, you know, the, the, the eight of the creative society, the first one and the, and the last one, right? The first one is value human life and the, and the eighth one is self-governance. It's fascinating because in order for us to truly value human life from the place of greater good, our self-governance is where we need to be rock stars. It's where we need to self-govern ourselves from a place of love, from a place of contribution, from a place of human growth, and take the I out of the equation. Absolutely, yes. David, I know you got familiar with the eight foundations of creative society already. Could you share your impressions of them and your ideas and insights maybe how, how we can implement them and how they can help yeah, I mean, us? We were talking about this before we come on air, but the one for me, number six, development of your own personality. And it's about having that, and I was talking about it earlier, it's just about having that freedom to be whoever you want to be, to learn what you want to learn, to, to grow in the way that you want to grow. And, and then the other one, which is really, really a big, a big thing for me at the moment is transparency and openness of information for everybody. And if I look at, like, there's, there's information and statistics and, and people are being, put into fear because they see they're overwhelmed with numbers and statistics 
and there's no real transparency in what's actually happening. And everybody is arguing and tearing each other apart on social media because one believes this, one believes this, and, and there's not actually just one set of information which tells us the truth. So for me, that's fundamentally important. That it's like there's, 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 there's no manipulation anymore. It's like just share the, share the, the real information from, from a source that's trusted and reliable. And then everybody knows where they stand. And everybody then gets to make the choice on what they do. And so, so for me, those two things there, the human safety as well is another one. It's like I come back to my, to that, that dear old lady who's sitting outside a cash machine when it's four below zero on a Glasgow night. That shouldn't happen. That just shouldn't happen. And so, David... I'm curious, like no, being familiar with creative society and the work that's being done and the, and the, the, the impact they're already having, uh, you know, that we're all already having in the world. What would you say is the, the shortest, what would, be the, what, would, what would you recommend everybody start doing today to make creative society a reality in the shortest time possible? Uh. I can only choose one. <laughs> we'll start with one. <laughs> yeah, so number one, number one, and I love, I love this, and I know none of us have been on an airplane anytime recently. But when you get on the airplane and you do the safety breathing, safety breathing, and they say, in the event of an oxygen failure, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help anybody else. So, I mean, we're visionaries. We want to do great things for, for the planet, but we can't do that. And my encouragement to people is, is have a look at in your own mirror. Where where do you where do you need to be, or who do you need to be to make an impact on the world? And that's one of the reasons I meditate every day because it helps me get the noise out of my head and helps me get grounded to, to who I really am. Because I can't do the work I do if my head's worrying about this, that, or the other. I have to be grounded and centered and disconnected and go, okay, let me do what I can to serve this person for their highest good. And so for me, everything starts with you. And, and I've, I've been working with some, some people in Australia, a, a group of people, and I said to them, look, I can, I can give you all the tools, the strategies, and all the great things for you to be a better person. But if you don't actually connect to it and believe it and do it yourself, it's never going to work. There's a great saying, you can pick a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So we all have to drink of the water of life. And the water of life is there for everybody. And, and for me, that water of life is a, it's just to get connected to yourself every day and decide who do I want to be as a human being? What impact do I want to make? And I, I see a lot of people, they, they go and, and they do, every, and I think as human beings, we do we would do anything for anybody else. But sometimes we really struggle to do that for ourselves. And that was something I, I learned. It's like, I can't really help anybody to do any depth if, I, if I'm not in that place of congruency myself. So yeah. that's where I would start. That would be my number one. It's like, who am I really? How do I want to show up in the world to make the impact that I want to make? And, and you've got 
coaches on here and there's thousands of people around the world that can help you do that. If, you, if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, that sounds really cool, but how do I do it? Then that's where you go. And that's what I'm going to provide the homeless people is like, they're going to come in off the street and normally, and I come back to my project, normally what will happen is they'll, they'll get a bed for the night and a warm meal. Tomorrow they're back on the street. What I'm going to do, and, and I'm using this as, as a parallel for you to think about everybody, is like they come off the street and they, they don't want to be homeless. And you may be thinking, well, I, I want to make an impact on the world. So, so whatever has made them homeless, maybe they're an ex-soldier that's got PTSD. Maybe they were abused. Whatever their situation was, we're going to assess, okay, what's happened? And what did they need to get their mind, body, and spirit in a place where they can go out and make an impact in society? And for them, making an impact might be that they save their marriage or they get a job um, or they go and do some greater work. I don't know. Because you see a lot of people, when they go through these things, they then go on to give because they give back. So, so for you, if you're sitting there thinking, how can I make a difference in the world? It's like, okay. Give yourself a little scorecard in your life. How happy am I? How, how emotionally strong am I? What do I need to do to be able to support somebody else? Because when you understand how to support yourself, then you're in a much better position to go. And I like to call it sprinkle the magic dust on people. And, and you can watch them grow and learn and make a bigger impact in society. So the more we can do that for people, by giving them the tools to, and it almost sounds like a cliche, to be the best person they can be. But for me, it's just about life is full of opportunities. So when you drink the water of life, there's no limits for what you can do. So, but that has to start with you. I've discovered that I'm doing things that I would never have imagined I'm doing. And if somebody said to me a year ago, a year ago, I stood on stage and spoke to 450 people. I never thought that would ever happen, but one day I saw it and it happened. Now I'm on, on a TV station. I never thought that would happen either. So, and I was just a guy, I was a burned out, hard drinking executive. And I changed, and I changed at 54 years old. So there's opportunity for anybody. You just got to take that glass of water, that water of life. Oh, you can't see it. Um, <laughs> you've got to take that water of life and you've got to drink it guys um i love it david you're talking about first having the co the courage to look in the mirror and really get a, get your, get a good hard look at yourself and what needs to change within you first secondly take the action and consistently take the action to start making those internal changes and then three, go sprinkle the magic and support someone else, right? But you can't su fully support someone else if you're not in integrity with yourself first. And that is really what you're talking about is get in integrity with yourself so that your actions and your desires and how you show up are all in alignment so you can be the inspiration for someone else to create change for themselves as well. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. We should lead by example, and then we will inevitably meet like-minded people, and we will unite with them in one beautiful goal of creating something great together. David, now we are 
on the first stage of building the creative society, which is an informational stage. Uh, could you share your ideas? What would be the best way to inform inform all people about this opportunity for all of us to change the vector of development of our civilization and to unite the whole humanity? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a great. Well, I mean, as much as I, I I try and avoid social media, it's a wonderful tool for communicating if you use it properly. So, I mean, certainly, I mean, I, I'd shared this thing with, with, I mean, I get, there's 4,000 people on my social media channels. And so every one of them will have the opportunity to hear about the Creative Society. Some of them will ask questions. For me, it's like the world today is we, we have information at our fingertips. We don't need to go to a library or anything. And some people would say, we don't even need to learn anything because we just type into Google, how do I do this? So, so it's just about spreading that message. And when you spread the message, you need to come from a place of congruency. Because I, I watch a lot of people who, who maybe, even in the coaching space, there's a lot of people that call themselves coaches, but, but and because of the energy work I do, I don't feel them congruent. There are some things that I won't do that people tell me I should do, I won't do it because it's not congruent with who I am. So, and and for us to spread this this message, it's like we've got to believe that this is going to happen. I mean, I talked to earlier about the world can live as one. This is the fundamental of what you're saying, what the creative society is all about. So, and and maybe not everybody will believe the world can be as one, but if we can all have that fundamental human you don't have the fundamental human rights of a roof over our head, water to drink and eat, then, then everybody, and, and, and the last thing, uh, and, I, and, and Guy talked about it at the beginning, I, you know, I'm a big love bucket. So it's about love. It's like our greatest need as humans is, is to love and to be loved. So, and I, and I, and I put that out on my, in, on my social media all the time. I always... At the end of everything I put on social media, I would say light and blessings. Because I'm just sending that to people. It's not long. I don't agree with you. You don't agree with me, so I'm not going to follow you. And I think you're wrong. It's not about that. People have the right to believe whatever they want. But as fundamental beings, whatever we believe, we all want to love and to be loved. So, and if we come from that place of, of love, then we can't go wrong. Ah, thank you, David. You are, yeah, I think you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> yes, love is the key. It is, you know, it's right up there. Like as far as energies goes, it's like so powerful. They, I think they've done a study actually. There's a book called uh, Power Versus Force. And they talk about how they took um, monks who prayed, meditated, for one entire year on the energy of love and it reduced the, the violence locally by like 30% or some astronomical number. It was fascinating. Anyways, I wanted to ask you because this I think is the perfect time to ask you when you're, as you're talking about love and being a role model and being congruent and everything that shapes our life or fulfillment or happiness, who is someone that inspires you, who, someone who is socially active and has progressive ideas on how to make the world happier? And we'll give you a second there to think about it. And could you share their name with us? 
and so we can we can check in with them to see if they'd be happy to be interviewed for the next broadcast. Yeah, there was well, there's one of my there's one of my one of my former clients, um, and he he was working in a, in a sales organization, but he had this he has this vision um, for a sustainable world. Um, and during our work together, we gave up his corporate job and he became full-time in his, he does two things. He's, he's the CEO for a sustainability project in the South of England. And he's also got his own social media channel. He's now got, I believe, nearly 50,000 followers. Um, and it's called Sustainability Champions. And uh, I think, I mean, it wouldn't, because I knew you were going to ask me this question. So. I'm thinking, okay, who am I going to bring on that's got an inspiring story and, and, have, and has a vision to have that? And yeah, his name is Daniel Hartz. Um, he probably have a heart failure when he hears his name. <laughs> Hartz, Hartz failure, yeah. Um, but I think I think he would be great to be on here because he's such vision and passion for sustainability and environmental issues. Um, I think it would be wonderful for him to be on here. Fantastic. We are looking forward to connect with Daniel. And we also would like to remind our viewers, if you want to join the Creative Society project, you can go to our website, alatreunites.com, which you can see now on your screens, and click Join Us button. And maybe next time we will see you as a guest or as a host, or if you wish, you can help us as a technical support as a designer or any help is welcome. Feel free to join. David, it has been such an absolute pleasure interviewing you, my friend. <laughs> I'm wondering, is there anything you would like to say uh, to anyone that's watching right now before we close off this segment? Yeah, I will come back to what I said earlier. It's interesting because I put a post out on, on Valentine's Day at the weekend. And the thing is, like, we all we all want to love and to be loved. And there are so many people that are either on their own or in bad relationships with things. But it always, it always starts with you. And and I just, and I just say, ask yourself the question, like, where do I need to give myself more love? Not to anybody else, but where do I need to give myself more? Where do I need to become stronger, wiser, smarter? What is it I need to do so that I can feel really good about myself? And when you feel good about yourself, you want to help others. We're human beings, we want to help other people. As uh, so come back to it's like when you when you help yourself, you can help others so much better. So that's the thing I leave you with, guys. It's like look in the mirror and go, okay, who do I need to be today? How do I need to show up, and what is it I need to change in my life so that I can make a bigger impact? Wonderful, brilliant. Thank you so much for such an uplifting, beautiful conversation, and thank you, dear Gaia, for being such a wonderful host. I really enjoyed to host with you. Yeah. Thank you very much. For me too. It's been a lot having of fun. Me here. And thank you all our dear viewers. We are looking forward to see you again.
let's together create the future of humanity deserve. See you.